Welcome to the Sustainable Century by Designer Disaster, where we take an honest look at emerging trends in sustainable economic development and why some companies will thrive and others won't, both now and in the decades to come. I'm your host, Mark D'Souza Shields. Glad you could join us to share and debate ideas and experiences about how consumers, stakeholders, companies, and governments are helping, or maybe not, to create a more sustainable world. Before we get to our theme today, I'd like to remind you, you can visit us at thesustainablecentury.net or write us at info at sustainablecentury.net. Send us a question, themes to think about, or interesting people you'd like to hear from. Today I'm in Addis Ababa with Ruth Solomon. She's the executive director of the Organization for Social Development. And, and today we're going to talk about uh, corporate social responsibility or corporate sustainability in Ethiopia. It's an exciting time in Ethiopia. Things are changing quite rapidly and, and, and it seems like CSR is finally getting some legs. Ruth's organization is the primary driver, uh, primary driving force uh, for more and better corporate social responsibility in Ethiopia. Ruth, welcome. Thank you. I wanted to start by asking you, Ruth, I mentioned in your introduction that the the economy here, well, the country here is going through great change. You can see it driving down the street. You can see it everywhere in the countryside and in the cities. Well, can you characterize for us what, 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 what's going on in the economy? What are the changes? Okay, uh, the change in the economy, particularly in relation to the private sector, if you are aware of uh, our government in the past or during the time of Turk, our economy was more of a command economy, so it was the state who was uh, taking most of the roles or pro they, uh, playing a role in the service provision and so on. But after that, during this regime, there's a shift up to privatization. So uh, there's a great emphasis being given to the private sector. So I can say that the private sector is growing, though it is still at its infant stage. And the other is, when you look at the government's uh, development policy or strategy, there's a great push to industrialization. Now, uh, the Ethiopian economy is mainly based uh, on agriculture, but there's a plan or, uh, to shift to industrialization. So in that process as well, the private sector is uh, expected to play a greater role uh, if this issue is even also included in the growth and transformation plan of the country, which is a five years uh, development plan or strategy of the country. And the other is uh, in relation to poverty alleviation. The government is uh, looking for small and medium enterprises to play a greater role in poverty alleviation. Uh, they are expected uh, to provide uh, job opportunities as well as means of living uh, or uh, to earn a living for uh, the poor. So there's a, a push for uh, developing these small and medium enterprises. So I can say that, you know, the private sector is being given much emphasis to play a greater role in the economy. That, that's absolutely true. And as I mentioned, 
you can see evidence of it everywhere in the cities, but mm. in manufacturing areas and even in the in the rural agricultural areas. So, is this a good thing? This push to privatize or to rely on the private sector? Uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's good to engage the private sector in the economy because you know they can play a greater role. Uh, in our country, like uh, in Ethiopia, they, uh, in a poor country like Ethiopia, the government doesn't have the capacity to provide all the services and so on. So the private sector can play a lot of roles in providing services and so on to the community because the government doesn't have all the capacity. But, but that's, the, that's the expectation now. Yeah, that's the expectation. Yeah, that's the expectation. We expect the private sector to play a role in service provisions and so on. So they are also engaging in this area. So, so with this greater set of expectations on the private sector, what do you think Ethiopians can realistically expect from companies? From the private sector, one thing is there's a great unemployment problem in the country. So with the growing of the private sector, we are expecting them to provide employment for the unemployed. So that's one thing we are expecting from the, pri the private sector. The second one is, as I said, uh, uh, the government doesn't have the full capacity to provide all the, the services to the people. So the private sector can engage in provision of services like health, education and so on. Mm. In addition to that, uh, through philanthropic engagement, for example, now there are big companies, extractive companies coming to the country. So most of these companies are working in uh, disadvantaged or in a marginalized areas, which are not developed and there's no, the services are very poor. So as a part of uh, their social responsibility, we are expecting them to play a greater role in community development or in provision of uh, service, in supporting the government in provision is of this, in that area. Is this something they're going to do voluntarily or they're going to have to be mandated to do this? What I say is they should be mandated because they are getting a lot of money if they are working in that area. We, are, we expect them to earn a lot of benefits from that. So uh, they are expected to return back at least something to the community. So the government must uh, put some kind of obligations on these companies to engage in community development and so on, or support. But that, that's in the extractive areas, right? But what about other sectors of the economy? Should Even we? in the agriculture or in the other big uh, investments. In, in the other big investments, you know, I say that you know the government should put some kind of obligation on these big investments to invest in the community or to support community development in those areas because you know they are earning a lot of money from investing in that area. So the people living in that area should benefit something mm. from that investment because it's the community giving their lands and so on to this private company and, and you were saying earlier when we were we were chatting that um, some companies uh, are doing this uh, already voluntarily and mm. and and there's a long tradition of that yeah some com com some companies are doing uh, that as an example I could uh, mention the flower companies 
they are doing a lot of community investments or community development works. For example, the Sheer company is doing it's doing a lot of community development works, like it has opened schools, uh, hospitals, and so on in the area. But uh, my reservation in that is the damage it's causing to the environment, as well as the employees' health, and so on. There are a lot of damage being happening in that area. So it's difficult to say that those community development works can compensate, you know, the damage which is happening in that area. So I have a lot of reservation to promote those uh, investments or those community development works of these flower companies. And and that's in agricultural areas. Are you seeing anything happening in, you know, say the urban environments as well? Say in manufacturing or construction? Uh, the construction companies, uh, the problem with the construction companies is there's a lot of corruption happening there in their relation with the government. Most contracts, when most contracts are done with the government authorities, uh, I have information that a lot of corruptions are happening there. Uh, but uh, there's no mechanisms or transparency mechanisms which you know the community can monitor this. Uh, contracts, how, when the contracts are uh, done, there's no way or uh, opportunity for the communities to see how they are happening or to monitor and so on. So there's a lot of uh, um, I mean, corruptions happening. So because of that, the qualities of uh, the constructions, whether it's a road or a building and so on, uh, uh, being done, their qualities are very poor. Uh, and so on, you know, it's a great damage to mm. the country because their qualities are poor and, you know, the corruptions are, is resulting yeah. in this. I, I wanted to, I want to come back to this, you know, the issue of, you know, trying to figure out whether or not what companies are doing are actually good. You know, I want to ask you, you went to the University of Sussex. Yeah. And that was for your MA, right? Yeah. Your, your master's. So, wh why does somebody travel all the way to England? get a, a, a very prestigious uh, degree from a great university and then come back here and work on a topic like this. What's driving you to do that? Okay, uh, when I was in England, what I studied is development, poverty and development. So even my intention when I first traveled there is uh, to study development and to contribute something to my country because when you study development in poverty alleviation, there's not much to do in the Western countries. Uh, I'm, I'm aware of that because, you know, all the development works, all the development problems, the poverty problems and so on, they are here. So uh, I'm not needed that or my expertise and so on is uh, very much needed in my country. So even when I go for a study, I had in my mind that I will come back to my country and I will do something uh, or I will contribute something to improve situations in my country because the problems in relation to development and poverty, all the problems are here. So there is no need or, uh, to stay there. And <laughs> And, and your organization, it, it's, it, it started out as a hu human rights organization, and, and how does that 
morph into corporate social responsibility? Okay, uh, our organization, it was established in 2003. So since 2003 until 2009, it was working more focusing on human rights. So actually, our, we changed our area engagement. The first push comes from the uh, law enacted in our country. This law prohibits organizations who are getting funding from abroad, more than 10% of their funding from abroad, not to engage on human rights activities. So uh, at that time, because we were getting more than 10% of our funding from foreign sources, we were forced to re-strategize our work and so on. So we started to assess, you know, uh, area of what in what areas we can engage, uh, keeping our you know purpose of establishments that is promoting social justice and the public interest. So what we came up with is during uh, when we were working on human rights, more of our focus was on the government because you know prote uh, the major uh, uh, duty barrier of human rights is the government. It's the government who are expected to protect, respect and promote human rights. But what we said is in addition to the government, other entities have also responsibilities. So one entity is the private sector. So if we engage with the private sector, we said that we can still work on promoting the rights of citizens. So it's a good sh way to shift yeah. uh, keeping our purpose of establishment. Well, I understand here that the chambers of commerce are have developed or are developing um, uh, codes of conduct or ethical codes of conduct. Uh, did you see that as a as a backdoor way to promote human rights as well? Yeah, of course, of course, it's a way to promote human rights because uh, I had the chance to review the code of conduct being developed by this chamber of commerces. So most of them include human rights issues in relation to employee employees. You know, they, it has a lot to say about rights of employees and also rights of children, rights of the community, uh, and so on. It's also talk about the environment and so on. So these courts have a lot to do with human rights issues. So it's a good way to push or to pressure the private sector mm. to respect human rights. And are there lots of companies signing on to these uh, codes? The information I have is about the Ethiopian Code for Corporate Governance. In this code, we have been informed by the Corporate Governance Institute that they have uh, there are about 60 private companies signed to this code. That's the number of companies. What do they think of it? Mm, what they think of it is, as an example, I can raise one incident. Uh, we were working on a project about the children welfare or rights and uh, business principles and you know working with private companies to comply with business principles and to uh, incorporate different child protection codes in their policy documents and so on. So uh, in this initiative, uh, we went to the Ethiopian Institute for Corporate Governance so that they can recommend us companies which we can engage with because we uh, thought that those companies who signed to this course are willing 
to you know engage in socially responsible practices and so on so they gave us a uh, name of two or three companies so we went to one of the companies so we told them that we come to this company to ask them if they are willing to engage in such process and so on but uh, they were not happy about that and even uh, the manager he said that you know they are not even to be part of the corporate code data and code for co corporate governance they signed those uh, that code because they have been uh, pushed by the Addis Ababa chamber and so on so they want to withdraw uh, from th that code and so on so he told us that they don't have the time the resource and everything you know to uh, adapt such socially responsible practices in their organization and so on they are busy with the marketing of the other business Mm -hmm. So it, 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 can you generalize from that experience to say that companies still don't see it to their advantage or what the advantage might be to start being and advertising their corporate social responsibilities? Yeah, I think there's the same thing with other companies as well. You know, it's difficult for them to see. They want to see some concrete uh, short-term benefits from being engaged in such initiatives and so on but uh, when we come to Ethiopia especially for, with those companies who are producing for the local market you know the community is not that much aware about uh, the corporate social responsibility and so on so uh, the community is not concerned whether the company is engaging socially responsible practices and so on to consider buying products from, from that company. So these companies, they don't see any incentive in that. Uh, for those companies who are, you know, producing for the international market, because, you know, the consumers there are very much, you know, uh, concerned about this socially responsible practices and so on, you know, they have the incentive. But for the companies here, usually they don't see the benefits uh, and they want they ask us for the concrete and the, you know short-term benefit from engaging in such initiatives right, so uh, i think creating awareness among the community about this socially responsible practice of the private sector and the benefits the community can get in this or so on is very important because you know the community can put the pressure and the pressure can create incentives Mm. Well, it seems like, uh, well, you told me earlier, you, you told me uh, earlier that uh, Addis Ababa means a new flower. And, and, and it sounds like corporate social responsibility is, is something of a new flower that perhaps still hasn't quite opened yet. Mm. Uh, what do you think the next big steps are? Mm, uh, the steps I think is you know uh, when we first change our area of operation to corporate social responsibility, we have tried to do a kind of a baseline survey or an assessment. So what we have identified is most of the companies or the community, the chambers, and the governments, the responsible government organs, they are not aware, even aware of the concept. Uh, of what it is and so on so 
The first thing what I think needs to be done is to creating awareness about corporate social responsibility and its benefits to the companies as well as to the community and uh, at large to the country or the economy of the country. We need to create awareness about that and you know to show to these all stakeholders how you know the country can benefit from corporate social responsibility. One thing we need to do is this. The other is adapting of uh, or enacting policies which can encourage the private sector in corporate social responsibility initiatives. It can be like uh, tax incentives and so on. Mm. The other is uh, just this chamber of commerce and so on. They should be engaged more on you know adapting this code of conduct for the business community. Uh, and also instituting a follow-up mechanisms like reporting and also recognizing those companies who are performing good and so on. Uh, there's one, actually one initiative we are working with the, the Ethiopian Chamber of Commerce. They have developed a model code of ethics for the manufacturing and service sector. So we are trying to work to introduce the course incorporated in this model code of ethics and also to institute some awarding, by, uh, annual or biannual awarding uh, ceremony and so on, biannual award for the business company, which uh, will uh, to award those companies who are performing good or complying with these codes. And also we are planning to have, uh, to conduct trainings and so on to the uh, business community and also the responsible uh, and in this course, they also include uh, uh, legal obligations. So we are trying to work also with the responsible organs of the government so they can be aware of these uh, legal obligations so they can be enforced properly and so on. It sounds like if you do all these things, you'll lay a very good foundation for the opening of the CSR flower. I want to thank you so much for taking the time uh, for speaking with me today and I want to congratulate you on all the incredible work and, and thank you for your insights. Okay, thank you. Thanks. For the latest updates and more information on Ruth's organization, the Organization for Social Development, you can check out their website at osd. Ethiopia, that's all one word, osdethiopia.org. Or you can look at the article in our blog at www.thesustainablecentury.net. Thanks for listening to the Sustainable Century podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If you, if you like what you've heard, you can always go to sustainablecentury.net, check out our blog, see the full list of Sustainable Century podcasts, or if you'd rather listen to the blog, you can download a six-pack of Sustainable Century Spoken Blogs where yours truly reads six posts. Remember to press like in all the appropriate places, leave a comment, stir up a fuss, spread the word, tweet your thoughts about corporate sustainability out to the world. Again, you can find all this at www.sustainablecentury.net or via www.esglobal.com. That's the International Corporate Sustainability Advisory where I work. And let's keep the conversation going. <laughs>